Hello and welcome to Gloom and Bloom. This is Christine. This is Taylor. How was your Super Bowl? Did your team win? (laughs) Do I watch sports? (laughs) Absolutely not. Do we care? Not so much. Our Super Bowl was great. We went to the mall and we shopped till we dropped. Wow. And I bet the mall was a ghost town. It was great. It was really wonderful. So you didn't watch any of the game? Not one. Not even halftime? Not one moment. Well, damn. Now we can't talk about halftime. Well, and that's the problem. So I came home and I was like, well, I'm interested. Right. So then I tried to search for it, Uh and it wasn't up yet. And it's up now, but I haven't had time. Right. Well, let me tell you, we watched it. Well, Todd watched it. I read a book and then paused to watch the commercials, Mm -hmm. which there were some good ones. Really? And the halftime show. Which was yeah. Rihanna, and I forgot how many amazing Rihanna songs hit there are. Hit after hit after hit. Bitch, after better hit. have my money. Yeah. So I feel like there's a few people. Maybe Rihanna doesn't go under people's radar, but she kind of goes under my radar, to be honest. Yeah. Like I think she's great, but then you listen to her sing, and you're like, oh yeah, she is like wonderful. She has yeah. so many big hits. Totally. My I have a friend who uh, we were at a concert one time, and she's like, I she was working. Her husband has a food truck. And she was working at her husband's food truck at the concert for Pitbull. Mm-hmm. And she was like, dude, that man has so many hits. Like, really? You Mr. don't Worldwide. expect it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, every song that comes on, she was like, I wish I was out there. She's <laughs> like, like I know so this one. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, made me laugh. Damn. Music's the best. It really is. But, so, Rihanna, she's like a, I'm pretty sure she's like a billionaire. I'm and sure. She apparently has a very high IQ. And like genius, very level. intelligent. But uh, so at the beginning of her concert, she's like putting makeup on, and she has a makeup brand called Fenty. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I've seen that since she did that, her sales are up like eight hundred and thirty three percent since yesterday. Oh my god! Right, that's amazing. I know because the NFL doesn't pay the artist that does halftime. I did not know that. I I think I knew that. But they only cover the cost of the production. But like Rihanna doesn't bring home a paycheck. They do it for publicity. Yeah. Which I mean, obviously it worked out for her because she made a ton of sales. Totally. But I personally really liked the show. Some people, I mean, no matter what happens, people aren't going to like it. Have you seen any of it? Yeah, but why did people not like it? That's my question. I don't know. Some people said that the uh, backup dancers weren't talented and... Oh, come on. But I'm like, no, I loved the stage. There was like floating platforms. I did see that. And I feel like... You go dance in front of 100,000 billion people, okay? Millions. Yeah. On TV and stuff. Yeah. You go out there and you do it. And let's see. Let's yeah. see how well you perform. Yeah. Hmm? Not, none of you guys are saying that. We know that. No, 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 no. You not guys. you guys. Not you guys. We know you could bust a move for yes. sure. For sure. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm impressed. Even if they're just out there doing the Macarena. Okay? <laughs> yes. Or the worm. <laughs> oh, yeah. The worm. The running man. Have I ever showed you that video of me doing the worm, but it's really just me <laughs> slithering across the floor? No. I'll have to send it. Or post it. Yes. We'd love to see it. So great. But anyway, so the Super Bowl, I was a big fan. I don't I don't even remember who won. I don't care. No. Oh, so a Kansas City won. And I saw an sure. interview of the Kansas City quarterback before the game. And they this guy was interviewing him. And he's like, hey, uh, did you know Rihanna said that you're her favorite quarterback in the NFL? And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Like, my family's so excited that she's in the show. Blah, blah, blah. We love Rihanna. That's awesome. And yeah. then he's like, I'm just kidding. She never said that. <gasps> he's like... 
okay why <laughs> just why He's like you got me excited why would you say that it was so awkward. That's the weirdest thing to like do to somebody. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. She, she actually hates you. She never said that. But another big thing happened. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? MGK? S- yes. Yeah. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are allegedly on the out. Yeah, we don't know. It's don't very know. just like but quiet whispering. One thing, I couldn't find her Instagram at yeah, all. Yeah, everyone's like, she deleted every picture of him on her Instagram. I was like, I can't find I her Instagram. Find but I found MGKs and he's d- a lot of them are gone. Yeah, I mean, of the like, two of them. do they, does he post a ton with her? Because like, I don't know, actually. I went back like, there's some stuff. 15 photos and there was one of her and him. Yeah, so I was like, like their engagement stuff was there. But uh, yeah, because I read that they because he was being, uh, what's it called, interviewed on the red carpet. And they were like, oh, does your beautiful fiance have something to say? And he's like, she's just hanging back tonight. So it was like awkward that she wouldn't speak. Yeah. And then they said that like for his shows, they always walk in together and they always leave together. But something must have went down during the show because she didn't leave with him. Totally. And everyone was like, <gasps> And then always- she apparently posted something on her Instagram that was like the betrayal of yeah. something. So I don't know. I don't know. I always like feel bad for celebrities because I'm like, oh, come on. Like we always like everyone gets annoyed sometimes. And then you're like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, did you know that so and so and so and so is going to therapy? (laughs) They must be getting divorced. I'm like, they're working on staying together. (laughs) I don't. Couples counseling would probably benefit literally everyone. (laughs) Literally everyone who's in a relationship with anyone so not against it i don't know so anyway are the twin flames gonna make it they're a weird couple i won't lie to you they're so they make no sense to me i can kind of understand like like, don't make sense so much that they kind of make sense yeah because i just i don't know her taste is so bizarre because it's obviously it's obvious why he would be into her because she's stunning yeah and she is kind of weird yeah but i don't know who has she dated before? Do we know? She was married to Brian Austin Green from 90210. That makes more sense to me. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't make that didn't make a lot of sense to me either. I was like, no. she needs to be with who would she be with in my mind? Yeah. In my mind's eye, she would be with somebody like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, exactly. <laughs> in the past, though, as a child. Tim, Tim the tool man Taylor. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Uh no, she would be with like Chris Pine, like a beautiful man's man. Okay. But that doesn't work because she's super weird. Yeah. So let me let me go back to the drawing board. She would be with... Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of the perfect someone. What? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I do love Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> he's like a little on the loopy side, I think. But I kind of love it. Like, he's just, just enough loopy. Yeah, I loved him in his Even Stevens days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You, Disturbia. Oh yes, he was with Megan Fox in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's probably no. That's no, not Megan Fox. No, that's Transformers. They were in Transformers. They were in Transformers. That's what together. I was thinking. Yes. Yep. That's anyway, I wonder if there ever was a little flicker of something there. I don't know. I'd like to know. Mm. Anyways, did you have something? Um, I feel like there was. No, I don't even know. I'm like so caught up on their their love. Uh, well, this weekend we did have my baby's birthday party. That was fun. How did it go? It was good. It was just small, but she got a little small world birthday. It was so so cute. Her piggy tails were murdering me. Oh, they're so long. They're so long and she's so tiny. (laughs) 
I like wish I could accurately depict how teeny tiny she is. She's a Polly Pocket. She's a Polly Pocket, you guys. She's so cute. And I'm like so obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. Like I walk into her room to get her from her naps and she's like smiling at me so big. And I'm like, I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. Cute aggression. It's a thing. (laughs) I'm like, I want to smash my face in your face all day. And she's like so happy that I'm so happy. And it's so cute. (laughs) Well, because she's most likely your last child, right? She's 100% our last child. So I'm saying there's like last baby magic, especially when you know it's the last. So you just like soak everything up so much more. Just absorbing it. Yes. Because I did the same thing with my pregnancy because I didn't love being pregnant, but there are some things about being pregnant that are great. Like, I remember right before I got my epidural and she had the hiccups and I was like, oh, this is the last time I'm ever going to feel baby hiccups and and kicks. Oh my God. Even though Amelia (laughs) was breech for most of my pregnancy, so I could feel her toes in my cervix. I swear. And she had her giant head under one of my ribs at all times. What? It was so uncomfortable. So did she rotate last minute? She flipped like a few weeks before I had her. You had like the same exact situation as me. The like. uh, Oh, V-back. V-back in the end Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I know. I was like, you you little shit. Right? You better flip. I'm not having another C-section. How dare you? Um... Oh, we finished White Lotus. I don't know if we <gasps> talked about that. You did the it second was good. season. Yes. But you said that I could probably skip the first season. I'm going to debate you on that and say, <laughs> absolutely not. Mm. Because Jennifer Coolidge's story yeah, would be starts. way less impactful. Yeah, you're right. You do need to watch it. I just thought that the, did you not think the second season was just more, it was far superior for some reason? No. You I liked t- them both the same. Mm, well, you're wrong. <laughs> I loved no, them, kidding. but I loved them both, like, so much. Yeah, see, I really loved the second season. I think I loved the the two couples that were friends that Aubrey mm-hmm. Plaza, I just loved their story. It was so much drama. Totally. And I loved the two sex workers. One of my friends was like, I just, like, didn't like that cranky girl in the couple. And I was like, you hated Aubrey Plaza? I was like, <laughs> Excuse- get out of here. Excuse you. Oh my gosh, I love her. No, I loved her. She's she still magical. makes me want to cut my hair. Oh yeah, I still haven't. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for next time. No, okay. I have okay. to save something for the next episode. But so Taylor and I are double recording today because yes. we are both going to Disney. Mm-hmm. Not at the same mm-hmm. time. No, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so I'm going this weekend, and you're going this weekend. I'm going next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was going to ask you, because of course I leave it to the last minute. Do you, Have you seen anywhere where there's like cute Disney themed clothing? Like Target or something? Oh, uh, not Target. I mean. Where? Like online. S- somewhere I can get like tomorrow. Oh. I know. H&M? Yeah, sometimes H&M. Yeah. Target sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, I'm screwed. All my places I order from are like, you got to like. Yeah. Have a few days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Maybe I'll look on Amazon, see if I can get something overnight. I'll send you some links and see if there's anything you're interested in. Yes. If you know of somewhere. Nope. I'll be gone by then. Never mind. I'll be long gone. It won't matter. Uh, (laughs) I liked, you sent me a meme this week that said, they released these in the 90s and wonder why millennials are obsessed with <laughs> tattoos. It's like the doodle bear. Yes. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, I was like, I loved that thing. It was so. I actually never had one. I just saw the commercials and I was like, that looks freaking them. sick. They're like sticker tattoos. Yes. Like sticker sleeves. It's like a flower, a peace sign. And it's true. If it, it all millennials are obsessed the with tattoos. So 
Yeah, we'll have to post that because a lot of people will remember it. Also, you sent me that Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses are for sale (laughs) for $150,000. Not about it. Who would want those? Because, like, murderabilia is, like, a huge thing. I don't get it. I don't understand. I understand that you'd think it was interesting, and if it was at a museum, I would look at it and be like, oh, that's interesting, but I would never spend my money on that. No. Unless the money was going to victims' families or something. That's a reasonable thing. And then you take the glasses and you smash them on the floor. They're definitely haunted. Definitely. Well, I sent it to Taylor because I thought it was funny because she and I are both looking for horrible Jeffrey Dahmer type glasses yes. for a reel we are going to be making. We're working on it. It's going to be good. It's going to be it, super funny. It may involve one of our favorite things, hot dogs, <laughs> which is not really our favorite thing, but <laughs> it's, it's actually our least favorite thing. It's a uh, common interest on this podcast. Yep. It gets brought up so much. So much. It's almost the theme. <laughs> What's... Tell me one thing about your podcast, Hot Dogs. We happen to talk about hot dogs way more than we should. (laughs) It's a murder podcast, right? (laughs) They happen to keep coming up. Just keep it. Just keeps happening Mm -hmm. every time. Um, I didn't have anything else. I know. I'm trying to think. I feel like I had more, and then like blank. I know. This is always how this happens. And I'll go through and see what I sent you. Oh my gosh, you sent me the. So on our murder chats and snacks, we Taylor brought a bunch of random candies, and one mm-hmm. of them was conversation hearts. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a meme that says oh, all yes. the classic flavors are back. <laughs> it says wild clayberry, <laughs> tropical drywall, <laughs> chalk lovers, uh, plaster surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Attic citrus and Tums. Mm. I was like, hey, I don't hate conversation hearts. I don't hate Tums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When you got Harper and those things, they taste Ooh. delicious. Well, and they have like the smoothie ones now. Oh, yeah. Even better. Those are the ones I got. I got those at a gas station after I left a barbecue. I was like, Todd, we got to pull over. So good. <laughs> I have the Harper. I've got, I've got it. Got the reflux. Oh. Did you know, I don't get sick with my pregnancies. I know. Pat myself on the back. I don't either. But the only time I threw up when I was pregnant with Millie is because I had the most extreme heartburn of my life. I believe it. It threw up foam. (laughs) It was so bad. So uh, yeah, the smoothies, Tums, I don't know why they're not sponsoring us. I had the worst heartburn through my whole pregnancy. It was so, so bad. Like I had to... It's so miserable. Yeah. I had to like sleep sitting up. Mm -hmm. And... I remember going on a girl's trip and I was like, I'm really sorry, guys. I've got to like sleep sitting up. So if you think that I'm being weird, just know that that's why. (laughs) And then like throughout the night, I like sunk down lower and lower because, you know, you do that. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) vomit comes up my throat and I am like choking. You almost asphyxiated. Run to the bathroom and I'm like coughing and gagging. (laughs) And uh, one of my cute friends like knocks on the door. She's like, are you? Okay in there? I'm like, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm having reflux. I'm suffocating on my own at stomach acid today. Uh, was that the same trip as the fart spray? No, that was a totally different one. Mm. Oh, I love the good, good fart spray. Times. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my mom gets like heartburn. She has to take like medication all the time. I was like, that would freaking suck. I really feel for people who have like. Chronic heartburn, chronic headaches. Chronic restless leg. Oh, there's so oh. many bad things. I had that a little bit when I was yes. pregnant. And I was like, I hate this. You're like, why can I not be satisfied with the, like, moving my legs? 
Right? It's so frustrating. Anyway, if you deal with any of that, I'm so sorry. And you know what I had once because of medication I was on? Chronic joint pain, for one. Mm-hmm. I, like, couldn't lift my arms above my shoulders. I, did, I Like, one day, I literally had to cut my shirt down the middle because I was like, it's not happening. <laughs> I get it. That's and a- then I also had a chronic dry mouth. Oh. And that is so miserable. I got some weird ad on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or something, and it was for, like, for people who, like, smoke weed and they get cotton mouth. Mm. And they, it's like, take these and, the, like, your mouth. And it was literally a person with their mouth open and their tongue was just dripping saliva Ew. like a faucet. And, and they're, they're like, like this your is mouth better. will never be dry. I was like... <laughs> No thanks. <laughs> is it a freaking warhead that makes your mouth just like fill with saliva because it's so much. sour? Pretty much. But I was like, that's horrifying. I hate that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> too much spit. You know, it's just there's a fine line between not there enough spit really and is. too much spit. Oh, there really is. <laughs> you got to be so careful. You got to toe that line right there. Yeah, you don't want to be known as a bad kisser because you just have too much saliva. Right? My first kiss. What's up, Clay Nielsen? <laughs> <laughs> what if he's listening right now? <laughs> he's not. He, he emails us. He's like, hey... That's kind of rude. Could you <laughs> retract your statement? I swear, I looked like I got a drink from a drinking fountain, like my chin was no. wet. And I had a hair in my mouth Do you know after. what that kind of reminds me of? <laughs> did, you, did you watch Sex in the City? Yes. When uh, Miranda, is it Miranda? Miranda's going to the Weight Redhead. Watchers. Uh-huh, okay. with a, and she meets a guy there, and he always like wants to go eat glazed donuts, and he's trying to quit. And oh. then he like goes downstairs and every time he comes up it looks like he has like glaze all over his face and she's like i can't ew that's what you're it was just like that it was just like that but just not with the downstairs absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah totally the same Everything relates back to Sex in the City. I just love Sex in the City. Uh, Aiden's coming back, apparently. I haven't watched the season. newer seasons. Well, he's coming back, so. Uh, okay, not a spoiler alert, but, like, Big died, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Get out of here, man. I know. I was so, I think we've talked about it, but I loved when she beat the shit out of him when he left oh, her at the altar. the best. The Didn't best. he die on a Peloton, and then, like, mm-hmm. people were, like, not buying Pelotons? They're, like, They're, like stock I tank. hate Peloton. They killed big. <laughs> they specifically did this to They us. went out of their way to kill big. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, also, me and Jared were driving in the car, and I was, like, watching a TikTok that one of my friends had posted, and it was, like, AJ from Backstreet Boys. He was, like, oh, doing yeah. a podcast. Oh, yeah. And he had Lance Bass on. Oh, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> listen to me. I have a question for you. And he's like, okay. And he's like, NSYNC. He's like, uh-huh. And he's like, Backstreet Boys. He's like, heard of them. He's like, Stadium Tour 2024. <gasps> and Lance Bass was like, uh, you don't have to convince me. He's like, you know who you need to convince. It's not me. And then uh, AJ said something like, come on, JC. And I was like, is it JC or is it JT who's going to need the convincing? Oh, JT won't be there. But Jared was like, JC. And, <laughs> and he was like, Jesus? <laughs> and so then we got on the subject of what if Jesus had a TikTok? <laughs> I'm here for it. Go on. And he was like, hey, guys, I'm here to show you my cool trick. I can walk on water. <laughs> They're like, debunk it. <laughs> I just, 
I don't know. It was really funny. It was much funnier in the moment, but. No, I would love that. I would love to see it. Jesus. I bet there's somebody who's like impersonating oh, Jesus sure. on TikTok. I've actually seen a TikTok where a guy pretends to be like hipster Jesus. Oh. And he's like, you know, my my dad, he could totally do that for you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably put in a good word for you. <laughs> People are so funny. I, I love know, TikTok. I love it. But I was like, I can only imagine. He's like, hey, guys, I'm out here uh, just performing a small miracle. <laughs> It was cracking me up because I was like, why? I'm just like, Jace, it's not JC. He's like, hmm? Yeah. Is that his name? JC? JC Chazé. Chazé? Yes. I couldn't even figure out how to pronounce his name. But it's like initials, right? It's not like J-A-C-E-E. I don't know. I think it's a J and a C. But uh, yeah, I don't think just I would put money down that Justin Timberlake would not join that tour. That, but why? I don't know why. I was like, maybe it is JC and not JT because I was like, it's got to be JT. And then I was like, but maybe, maybe JT's really chill about it. Maybe he's like, oh yeah, you guys say the word, I'd be there. And JC's like, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just being a cranky pants. I can just see it because JT's star is like so much higher than the other ones. He'd be like, that is beneath me. I hate yeah. my roots. I don't like where I came from. <sighs> but uh, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. If they do it. <clears throat> oh, because they were saying that if it happened, they would break the world. And I was like, yes, absolutely. <sighs> my gosh, I would so be there. Oh, everyone. Would. I have the They'd biggest have to regrets do- that I didn't go to Backstreet Boys and they were here. <sighs> it was so good. You yeah. should have come. Yeah, I'm livid. Ugh. I hate me. I hate, I hate me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. You ready? That's you're, all I got. You're up first. Okay. Are you going to gloom me or are you going to bloom me? I'm going to gloom you right off the bat. No. Bah, bah, bah. Okay. Find this. Why do I have so many things open right now? <laughs> you just do. Okay. Okay. So now I'm going to tell you a story of a serial killer in the 70s. <gasps> My favorite. What a shock. We never hear about <laughs> 70s There's, serial killers. I don't know if we would ever run out of stories from pro- just the 70s. Just from the 70s. Right? Um, it was the golden age. Yeah, like what was happening? Was there lead in the water? What was going mm-hmm. on? If, yes, there was. Yeah. Well, okay, so this serial killer wreaked havoc in Washington, D.C., killing six black girls over 17 months between the ages of 10 and 18. Absolutely not. Hate it. Hate it so bad. And the killer, who I hope... Has 450 ingrown hairs in each armpit. Mm, um, at least. Oh, we posted a thing that was like, we need to stop giving pe- like serial killers names like the Night Stalker. It needs to be like m- man with the tiny pee-pee. Yes. So I'm assuming this killer has 450 ingrown hairs in each armpit and a micro penis. Okay. Okay. I can get on board with that. Yes. And he is called the Freeway Phantom. Yeah, that's way too cool. Yeah. So in April of 1971, a young girl uh, who was 13 years old named Carol Spinks walked to the local 7-Eleven. 
Love 7-Eleven. Everyone loves 7-Eleven. She went there for a hot dog, I bet. Hot dog, Slurpee. I don't know. I love Slurpee Day. Oh, yeah. But free Slurpee on 7-Eleven. Right? So she went there to go buy some TV dinners, and her sister had sent her to go buy them, and she had $5 in her pocket. Mm-hmm. So she made it to the 7-Eleven and bought the dinners, and then she was like, off back home. She's like, I'm going back. And even though the walk was fairly short, it was like only four blocks. So, so even though it was close, the 7-Eleven was across the border in Maryland, which oh is my God. so yeah, her house was in DC, but then just like right. right over the border, which is crazy. And somewhere from the 7-Eleven to her home, she disappeared. Oh my gosh. That's probably confusing because they're like, which police department does this right? fall under? I don't understand. So is DC, what is it? A republic? Uh, it's not a state. It's not a state. It's an They're area. Territory. It's not a territory. It's a something. Hmm. I feel like I know, but I don't know. You keep talking. It'll now. come back. I will get to the bottom of yeah. it. Yeah. So she disappeared somewhere in that four block area. So unfortunately, she was found strangled and sexually assaulted six days later. Mm. She was when she was found. She was still dressed. Except for her shoes were gone. And according to uh, the expert, it seemed as if the killer had kept her alive for a while before (gasps) killing her. Because it took them six days to find her body. Right. But it looks like she had only been dead for a couple days. Mm. The worst. Um, Did you find him? So I googled, is Washington, D.C. a territory? So it says the Constitution dictates that the federal district under the jurisdiction of the U.S. Congress says Washington, D.C. operates as a state. But it's not a state. It operates as a state, but it's not a state. Right. It's- but the, then, and, and the next thing down, it says that it is not a state. It's so confusing. I don't understand. It's so confusing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery. It's an entity. <laughs> we will never know. Yeah. Well, if we ever come down, if you know, please let us know. <laughs> I know. Everything I read is like, it operates as a state, but it's most definitely not one. It's not a part of any U.S. state and is not one itself. Is it its own country like the Vatican? What the heck? I don't know. Yeah, if somebody knows, if somebody's a geography nerd or a cartographer, let us know. Yeah. Okay. Well, so she'd only been dead for a couple days, and her family was obviously devastated. Especially her twin sister, Carolyn. No. So this girl is Carol, and her twin sister is Carolyn. That's just lazy. I kind of love it, though. (laughs) Carolyn, Carolyn. I'm reading a book right now where the brothers' names are Drew and Crew. I'm like, can you, like, that would be so confusing. You're like, Drew, what? No, I said Crew. My kids don't even sound alike, and I call them the wrong name constantly. All the time. I can't even imagine. I call my kids my dog's name. Yeah, it'll happen. It's out of control. I know. But yeah, so. Poor Carol. Poor sister Carolyn. So she said that. She couldn't get it together after her sister was found and that she was, like, losing her mind. So after that, two months go by, 
nothing really happens until the police get a call saying that there's been a second body found in the same area in an embankment next to the I-295. Okay. That's a freeway. Right. Don't make me explain it to you. I stands for interstate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. Quit asking. (laughs) (laughs) Just shut up about it. Oh, gosh. So this girl's name was Darlena Denise Johnson, and she was 16 years old. And she had taken... So she was taken somewhere along the way on her way to, like, her summer job at the local rec center. Okay. So sometime after she disappeared, someone did report seeing her after she was like kidnapped in an old black car driven by a black male. When she was found, she was only 15 feet from where Caroline or Caroline, Caroline and Carolyn, Carol, Carol and Carolyn. I don't know where she had been found. Oh, so they were like in the exact same place. Basically. Yeah. 15 feet away from each other. Oh and it took them 11 days to find her. But this, so this part's messed up. sounds like the police had been notified of the location of Darlena a week earlier by an anonymous caller. And this caller had details only her killer could have known. But by the time they found her, she was too far decomposed to determine her cause of death. What? So they like just left her there for a week? They're like, hey, there's a body over here. Gave a bunch of details. And then they just like, they're like, didn't mm, even. We'll get to it. Look to edit. Does that, d- does race play a lot of. A hundred percent. It's so gross. Um, I mean, I figured. Yeah, it's the worst. Because it's the 70s. Even today. Even today. It's a, it's a whole thing. Unfortunately, it's the most terrible thing ever. So they couldn't determine her cause of death or if she had been sexually assaulted. But there was evidence of strangulation. And she was, again, dressed, but was missing her shoes as well. What? Yeah. And then it only took nine days for a third girl to appear named Brenda Faye Crockett, who is only 10 years old. Oh, that's so little. I hate it so, so little. much. And her mom also had sent her out. She was going to the local grocery store because she needed some bread and some dog food. But then she never showed back up at home, which is not like any 10-year-old. Right. I mean, when I was 10, I probably threatened to run away from home. Right. And made it. To, to the, the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, never mind. <laughs> but this was not the situation. And then the sad part about Brenda was that he made her call home after he took her. No. Yeah. So once her mom had noticed that she had, she hadn't come back, uh, she went out looking for her because it had been like two hours and it was 9.20 p.m. Right. In, yeah. Which is way too late for a 10-year-old to be out on her own. And she was probably in the biggest panic. Oh, I, I can't even. I literally can't even like, imagine. It makes me sick. My friend was talking to us this week about um, her little girl. She just couldn't even find her in her own house. Mm-hmm. And like how panicked you get. And mm-hmm. I was like, I've had that happen mm-hmm. where I'm like, but to know your like kid is out and oh, yeah. you can't find them. Well, once Chip ran away. And I told Kate to follow him. And I was like, just watch where he goes. I'm going to go get the car. Totally. And then like in our neighborhood, like there's so many different ways they could go, like all these different forks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it probably only took me seven minutes to find her, but I was like about to call 911. Totally. I'm like, she was like eight at the time. I was like, 
this is so stupid. It's so scary. And so, yeah, she's probably in a huge panic. And so when the call comes through where Brenda's calling her home, mm-hmm. her seven-year-old sister who was at home was the one that answered the phone. And when she answered, Brenda told her that a white man had snatched her up, but had called a taxi to send her home. And then half an hour later, she called again and talked to her stepfather and asked, did my mother see me? And this made a lot of people wonder, like, did she see her mom? Like, did her mom maybe see her in, like, without seeing her, you know? like Right, like she was close by. She, like, by. thought, like, oh, maybe my mom saw me. Because she said, yeah, did my mother see me? And then she paused for a second and then said, well, I'll see you. And then the line just went dead. No. The stepfather did say that he could hear heavy footsteps in the background, but the going dead, like, do you remember (laughs) dial tones? Oh, yeah. It's not even a thing anymore nowadays. You can't even, like, you can't even, like, slam a phone down to hang up. You can't even click your phone shut. No. It would just hang up now. But how unsatisfying. (laughs) But, yeah, the next morning, the police found Brenda's body, again, clothed. With no shoes. She'd been raped and strangled. Oh, is she the first one that's been raped? No. They've oh. all been assaulted. Oh, well, the second one they couldn't tell because she was too badly decomposed, but the first one had been okay. sexually assaulted. And um, she had been strangled and had a scarf knotted around her neck. Ugh, honey. So this is in July of 1971. And even though there's been three murders of young girls dropped in what it sounds like the same exact place. Yeah. Why aren't they watching the place? Yeah. it. T- and I, I get that there's like kind of a border thing, right? Okay. Like you said, like there's D.C. and there's Maryland. And so like some of them might be on the Maryland side and some might be on the D.C. side. So maybe that's causing some problems. Yeah. But three girls in the same place. And it took until the fourth murder for police to even connect these cases. That's so stupid. Blows my mind. Hey, guys, sharing is caring. Talk to each other. Right. <laughs> Well, and I'm like... Or work together. Oh, it's just so maddening because the one girl wasn't even, like, looked at even though she was reported forever. And then now they're like, meh, another girl. Oh, man, that makes four. That's too bad. And they're like, oh, wait, young girls (laughs) under the age of 18? All missing their shoes? missing their shoes? These might... Like, all the same race and gender? Yeah, this might have a connection here. But I swear, yeah. people in the 70s were so, like serial killers so were dumb. barely a thing. Pedophilia was like people didn't know what it was. It's wild. Ooh, it's a theme. But yeah, so it's crazy because the first one, there's the first one. And then there's kind of like this two month pause. Right. Mm-hmm. And then these two are really close together, which are not like nine days apart. And then there's this big break. From July to October of that same year. And that's when 12-year-old Nino Moshia Yates disappeared. So she's, she's the sorry, fourth. How old is she? She's 12. Okay. So she vanished on her way home from the grocery store. And two hours after she vanished, a teenager found her body. Oh, my gosh. Two hours after she disappeared. Then. Yeah. So her body was still warm. When she was found. Sweetie. I know. And she had also been raped, strangled, and she was found off the shoulder of Pennsylvania Avenue in Prince George's County in Maryland. Well, Pennsylvania Avenue, isn't that where the White House is? 
Couldn't tell you. <laughs> did she have her shoes? Does it say? No. Her okay. shoes are also missing, and they did find green fibers on her clothes. Okay. That's yeah. something. It's something. So an eyewitness told authorities that they saw her getting into a blue Volkswagen, but the police followed the lead to a dead end. Oh, man. Nothing ever came of it. After this murder, the Volkswagens press... Volkswagens were the serial killer's choice of cars. It was such love. Like I love the love Herbie the Love Bug. It makes it's it my favorite so show. easy to murder in. <laughs> so after this murder, the press gave the killer the name Freeway Phantom, mm. and it was at this point that the police were like, "Okay, okay, something's up here. We definitely have a serial killer on the loose." Mm-hmm. Then, six weeks later, 18-year-old Brenda Woodward was on her way home from high school and disappeared, and her body wasn't found until the next morning. But this time, they did have a clue. So inside her pocket was this note that was left by the killer, and it said, This is tantamount to my insensitivity to people, especially women. I will admit the others when you catch me, if you can. And then he signed it Freeway Phantom. Dumbass. Mm-hmm. He's like, thanks for the sweet nickname. <sighs> exactly. Lumpy, ingrown hair, armpit man. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has an inverted penis, in fact. <laughs> Absolutely. So normally this would be super awesome and great that they have this like clue, uh-huh. this like handwritten note. But unfortunately, it was not, like, because you could compare the handwriting, but it was not written in the killer's handwriting. It was actually written in Brenda's handwriting, (gasps) so he must have had her write the letter for him. That's so messed up. Mm -hmm. So this makes five victims so far. It's so unsettling, and then nothing happens. And months and months go by, and then out of nowhere, ten months later, the police find the body of 17-year-old Diane Williams. On the side of the freeway. No. Yeah. So over time with each of these killings, the killer got braver and braver. So like having the girl call and then like, but this time he went as far as calling Diane's parents and telling them, I killed your daughter. That makes me sick. Mm hmm. And when she was found, she was missing her shoes, but there was no sign of sexual assault. But there were traces of semen, I guess. So they were maybe deciding that it was probably her boyfriend's or something. Who knows? Hmm. So the police did have tips that came from the general public, both by hotline and some tips came through the mail. The police tried to follow all the leads until they decided that they weren't helpful. And some even did some major investigating, but it seemed like all of the leads just came to a dead end. So Hmm. in 1974, the FBI takes over. Well... It's about time. About damn time. And once they took over, they settled on a suspect who was named Robert Askins, who was a man who was already who had already went to jail when he was 19 for killing a sex worker by great, great. by lacing whiskey with cyanide. And he not only served this to the woman who died, but to four other women. So five women. And one of them passed away. So I hope he got murder and then like four counts of attempted murder. Yeah. She was 31 at the time. Her name was uh, Ruth McDonald. But he at least got 
But yeah. So two days after that, on December 30th, so two days after he he laced this girl with cyanide. Okay. Uh, on December 30th, he stabbed another sex worker to death. <gasps> yeah. Her hmm. name was Elizabeth Johnson, and she was 26 years old. And this is when he was 19, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And apparently he claimed that he was a woman hater. Great. <laughs> this makes me think of Little Rascals yeah, with the She-Man the- Woman yeah, Haters the Club. She-Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But luckily he was placed under mental observation in Washington, D.C. at Gallinger Hospital. And it sounds like he had a really hard time there. He broke out of his restraints. Oh. He assaulted three orderlies with a chair oh, before being give him subdued. The chair. Oh my gosh. And then he went to trial, and during the trial, it came out that he was a police informant, and he was aiding the police in the arrest of sex workers. But then he's, but like, also killing, killing them. them. He's like, I'm being so helpful, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like, I'm a public servant. Totally. I'm sure he thought that. But in April 1939, he was found criminally insane and committed to St. Elizabeth's Hospital. So he was in the one hospital where he's assaulting orderlies Great. and breaking out of his restraints. Then he goes on trial, found criminally insane, and he's put in another hospital. And then he's released in 1952, so 13 years later. Mm-hmm. And five months later, after he was arrested in April of 1952, he strangled 42-year-old Laura Cook to death. I'm sorry. Cool. How is he not in jail forever? Right? I don't understand. <laughs> make it make sense. It doesn't. It will never. Oh. So he was indicted for the murder in 1954 and he and accused of several others, uh, several other assaults. And he was retried for the murder in 1938 because it was determined that he was indeed sane upon committing the act. Oh cool. So he got convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 20 years to life. But the conviction was overturned in right. 1958. And then because creeps never stop creeping. Never. There was another incident in 1978. And at this point, his home was searched by the police in connection with the Freeway Phantom murders. Oh. And during the search, they found court documents in a desk drawer in, in which a judge used the word tantamount. Oh. So it seems really weird that this that word was strange word. found in this letter. Yeah, it's not a common everyday word that people are using. But apparently, Robert was uh, dropping this word all over the place. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, it's all tantamount. Do you, know what's, do you know what's tantamount? And his friend's like, <laughs> why do you keep using that word lately? He's like, my vocabulary is huge, man. Don't shame me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they did get a search warrant. And during the search, they found some suspicious things like pictures of girls and a knife. Tied to a different crime, but they never found any evidence linking him to the six victims of the Freeway Phantom. Oh. Yeah. So that one was out. So he's not the guy. No. He was like a main suspect. I thought that was the guy. No. It's so frustrating. Back to the drawing board. Also during that time, there was a gang in the area called the Green Vega Gang. Cool name. Yeah. Sick name, bro. Which consisted of five men who kidnapped and raped women during that time. That's a very small gang. Ugh, seriously. And they're terrible. But there was no evidence there either. So... So hopefully those guys went to jail, though, for rape. I hope so. 
but probably not. They're, they're like, like man, they're not the guys. We're not. We'll do that later. Rape isn't murder. So, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Ugh, they're the green it. Vegas. They're the green Vegas. <laughs> Just let them go. Why does that make me think of like what the Vanga boys or whatever? Oh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's them. That's the bit. That's the gang. It's them. <laughs> we like to party. <laughs> they love to party. Yes. So, so much time went by, and the investigation just stayed open, but completely unsolved. And then my favorite thing happens that happens in these kinds of cases. Do tell. Infuriates me to death. But the police admitted that they lost the case file in 2009. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. So there was nothing left, no DNA or any kind of evidence that was found during the investigation. All gone. No. All gone. We need to have very precise filing systems for these things. It's insanity. How? Oh, it makes me so mad. But a reward was offered for $150,000, but even that led to nothing. And Diane's aunt, Wilma Harper, decided that she was going to start an organization called the Freeway Phantom Organization that was there to support the friends and families of the girls that were murdered. And then, like, as time's gone on, it's been, like, a victim's kind of, like, organization. So this was hard on all the families and all the mothers, as you can imagine. Uh, Brenda's mother, Mary, even had a hard time looking at pictures, she said. I bet. I can't. People, she said, people say they know what you're going through, but unless you've actually experienced the tragedy, you really don't know. Sharing with someone who's gone through the same thing. Helped me deal better. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. My, like, support groups are so awesome. Right? So Diane's Aunt Wilma hopes that over time, enough people can get involved to help put a stop to these kinds of murders because she says police can't do it all by themselves. But, yeah, the police couldn't solve this case. The FBI couldn't solve this case. And now there's basically no files. <laughs> They've tried to rebuild them over Shit. time, but it's not like... It's not going to be like it used to be because there's no DNA evidence. I was really hopeful about those green fibers. Right? And there's no notes from the time. And it's a bummer because a lot of people who even worked on the case are not around or have died. Yeah. And this one... Because that was like, what, 40-ish years ago now? Yeah. So this one feels super frustrating because we even have a note. (laughs) And even though it's not in his handwriting... And it's just like, he's just taunting, saying, like, catch me if you can. Right. And so you think that this guy would, like, slip up again or reach back out or taunt the press or taunt the police. Right. Because it sounds like he likes the attention, like, BTK did uh-huh. a little bit, you know? Yeah, same with freaking Zodiac. Yeah. Never caught him either. I know. It's insane. But unfortunately, like, BTK, the reason he probably was not caught was he was very likely charming or someone that people would not suspect. Mm-hmm. someone who is super liked in the community. Also, Psychology Today said that organized killers are likely to be above average in intelligence, attractive, married or living with a domestic partner, employed, educated, skilled, orderly, cunning, and controlled. Wow. And it's very likely that they had a degree of social grace as a way to entice people to come with them, like Ted Bundy. Right. And it sounds like this guy was very savvy with forensics because he washed the victims of his body. So there wasn't a lot of evidence on their bodies either. Yeah. And we had the fibers, but that's it. But also... There was like not any semen found? No. Except for on that one girl. Condoms or something? Yeah. 
that wasn't his, like, wasn't the killer's. Right. Which I'm like, how? I don't know how they determined that. Right. Maybe, maybe it was a boyfriend or something. Yeah. But another reason that it didn't get solved was that even though the FBI was assigned to this case, a lot of the agents on the case were pulled off the case after the Watergate scandal happened. What? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, these are children. Yeah. And it wasn't the top priority. Right. And this is most likely due to the race of these children. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven time and time again that minorities don't get the same manpower behind their missing people. Right. And it's devastating because children or not, everyone is someone's child or brother or sister or friend. Yep. And a lot of times... People who were in minority communities were treated kind of in the same way that sex workers get treated. Yeah. Like, well, sex workers live a higher risk life, so what can be done? Right. But it doesn't matter because no one deserves to be killed. But in this case, a lot of times people will say, well, they didn't live in great communities. Not even their though, fault either. <laughs> even though that, yeah, that's just the way that things were set up and it doesn't ex- excuse crimes being done. Nope. And also, since a lot of these minority communities don't get the same attention put on them, they are the target of a lot of crime, which just makes those statistics live up to the statistics. Right. That's why they exist. Yeah. Like, well, they live in a dangerous area. Yeah. And so it's, it's just like a cycle. And because they aren't getting the same attention, people like Jeffrey Dahmer preyed on communities like this for this exact reason. Yep. Easy targets. Anyway, this crime has never been solved, and it's very sad. That's and some I bullshit. Hope someday it does get. I just closed. I don't even understand how without any evidence. I don't unless it's a deathbed confession, right? Those I poor just, families. I just like really wish there was somebody who knows this guy or knows something about something right. or saw something. Maybe he'll be getting old and senile and <sighs> will uh, admit to it. Yeah, but. It's a real big bummer, and I just thought it, it was really an important is. story. Because oh, yeah, I've heard of the Freeway Phantom, but mm-hmm. I did not realize it was not solved. Yeah, it sucks. So my sources for this were a Grunge.com article, The Untold Truth of the Freeway Phantom by Anna Harness, uh, Wikipedia, and an All That's Interesting article, The Unsolved Case of the Freeway Phantom Murders by Genevieve Carlton. Okay. There you have it. Thank you for that. Gloomed. I thoroughly. F- I feel gloomed. <laughs> I feel thoroughly gloomed. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for my story, it's uh less gloomy, I'd say. It's not as gloomy, but it is way more rock and roll. Oh. <laughs> you know, I love me some vintage pop it. culture. I love it. Today we'll be talking about Sid and Nancy. Yes. You know the story? I, yes. <laughs> Sid Vicious and Nancy Spurgeon. I'm excited. We're going back to the 70s. In your mind's eye, you were already there. You were already there, there, so you don't even have to leave. You don't even have to leave. Think grunge. Yeah. Rock and roll, leather jackets, Weird sideburns. You get to leave sad child murder to rock and roll. Yes. Okay, so we're going to start out with Nancy Mm -hmm. here. She was born in Philly in 1958. As a young girl, Nancy uh, possessed an above average intelligence, super smart, uh, with a vicious streak. She attacked and bullied her siblings, threatened her babysitter with a pair of scissors. Whoa. (laughs) And attacked the psychiatrist trying to treat her. Well, her mom, whose name is Deborah, 
She described Nancy as a difficult child in a memoir that she had written after Nancy is mm-hmm. murdered or dies later on her death. Mm-hmm. It's called, And I Don't Want to Live This Life, colon, A Mother's Story of Her Daughter's Murder. Just slides off the tongue. So catchy. How do we... I know. I know what to name this book. Everyone will remember it. I know. I was like, I don't even have to read the book. Yeah. I know everything about it now. <laughs> yeah. So Deborah describes Nancy's physical assault, screaming tantrums, and bullying her siblings. So she wasn't an angel. No. When she was 11, she was expelled from school and sent to a boarding school in Connecticut for children with special needs. From there, she graduated at age 16 because she was super smart. Yeah. Uh, she spent time in a mental institution after she was diagnosed with schizophrenia as a teenager. Um, so then, hang on. Oh, so then she drops out. She went to college in Colorado, but very short-lived. She dropped out and moved to New York City. Ooh, living the dream. Living the dream. So by the time she was 17, she was a very troubled young woman. She was living on her own in New York she made ends meet by working as a stripper and a sex worker. Okay. And it wasn't long before she started trying to break into the punk scene. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure it was prime time. Oh, yeah. When I hear about these things, I'm like, yeah, it sounds freaking cool and horrifying and dark. Absolutely. And dirty. Yes. <laughs> but I get the appeal of like why you would think it's cool, but then you're like, oh, it's actually like horrible here. Well, especially because like when you're young, it seems so cool. But then as an adult, and you're like, hmm, that's kind of gross. Very. <laughs> yeah. Very. Even the very lame clubs you and I went to. Oh, yeah. I was like, ugh. Kill me it's now. So, so germy. It's so no, thank disgusting. You. Okay, but uh, so she was attending gigs. She started sleeping with musicians constantly and supplying band members with drugs. So she was a a new type of groupie. Um, Me and my sister-in-law were looking through some of my yearbooks Mm -hmm. this last weekend. And uh, one girl in my yearbook was rocking a t-shirt in high school that said, uh, support local music sleep with musicians oh my gosh they let her wear that apparently they didn't catch it not a yeah but we were cracking up so (laughs) just giving me similar vibes you know uh yeah i've also seen (laughs) stickers on cars that are like shop local or like bang local milfs and like (laughs) bang your local support your community yes (laughs) uh okay so most groupies were different than her, okay? Uh, Nancy was opinionated. She had a sharp tongue. She was not conventionally pretty. That's their quote, not mine. Mm. She was slightly overweight, which she wasn't. She just wasn't like heroin skinny. But, which is absurd. And she was happy to tell anybody who would listen that she worked as a sex worker. Mm-hmm. She She did not shy away from it. She was bold. Yep. So in a scene that was like built on playing by your own rules, by offending as many people as possible, mm-hmm. the foul-mouthed hooker, their word, not mine, uh, with a bad attitude, she fit right in. Yeah. Uh, so she got there right as punk was like coming to the forefront and the heroin epidemic was starting strong in uh, New York that said this article called it white hot. She is very thin. Right. I'm so confused. I know. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like not even chubby. What is going slightest. on here? I hate people. I know. 
So, yeah, everybody knew her as the woman who would happily sleep with any musician and she would also get drugs for the yeah. for the bands. And she's like, I'm going to tell you how it is, too. So, yep. So it. a photographer who worked in the scene at the time, her name is Eileen Polk. She knew Nancy and she says, in order to be a groupie, you had to be tall, skinny, have fashionable clothes. And then here comes Nancy. She's not trying to be cute or charming. She wasn't telling people that she was a model or a dancer. She had mousy brown hair and she was a bit overweight. She wasn't. And she basically said, yeah, I'm a sex worker and I don't care. And I was like, yeah, we do love someone who isn't afraid to be themselves. So exactly. she gets points for that, I guess. Yes. Okay, so... In 1977, Nancy followed a man named Johnny Thunders and Jerry Nolan of the Heartbreakers to London, where she met a man named uh, John Simon Ritchie. He later joins the Sex Pistols Mm -hmm. and changes his name to Sid Vicious. Okay. Cool. Yep. So the Sex Pistols, they broke into the mainstream. Uh... Their, with their song called Anarchy in the UK. I guess I listened to some of their music and I'm, it's not going to lie, it's not for me. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I even know. It. It's like the music is louder than their vocals. Really? I don't know. I, I've listened to two songs and I was like, and that's enough like, of that. <laughs> Sorry, not a sex pistol head. Right? <laughs> I don't know what they call themselves. <laughs> sex pistol head. I don't know. Thanks, Grateful Dead, for always giving us head. <laughs> 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 that was so perfect. <laughs> okay. So, uh so she followed the Sex Pistols to London, okay? Okay. And uh hang on, I think there's some stuff that's out of order here. Like oh I just got to hear this. Like what is this? Their intros are really long. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I prefer Backstreet Boys, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm more of a... Backstreet Boy head. Boy band. <laughs> boy band head. That's me. <laughs> okay. So uh, so she follows them to the UK. And a few months later, their bassist, who was named Glenn Matlock, he mm-hmm. left the band after he <gasps> clashed with the lead. Was he related to the Matlock? Yes. One and the same. His son, oh. even. My God! He left the band to become what a cop, a lawyer. What even was Matlock? He solved so many crimes. I don't yep. even remember. He wanted to join the family business. Yes, <laughs> left his rock and roll life mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. He was like, nope, got to help these people. <laughs> right. So he clashed with the lead, who is named Johnny Rotten. Mm. That wasn't his given name. But no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> he, I had it written down, and then I took it out because it didn't matter. But he had a different name, <laughs> and then they changed his name to Johnny Rotten. Which is just, it works Why? on the punk or the grunge scene, whatever they it's were doing. Um, okay. So they had been friends. So Sid Vicious. John Lydon? Yes. So Johnny Rotten and mm-hmm. Sid Vicious, they had been friends since 1973 when they attended Hackney Te- Technical College together. Oh, cute. Yeah. And they ended up living at a squat together. What's a squat? I don't know. A British word. Cool. <laughs> I Sounds love, fun. I love living in squats. I love living in squats. Uh, and during this time, 
That's when he, okay, so this is how he got his stage name of Sid Vicious. So Johnny Rotten had a pet hamster who was named Sid. Mm-hmm. So one day, uh, he picks up this animal and it bites him. Okay. Oh. And then he said, Sid is really vicious. And they said, Sid Vicious, that's you. Whoa. <laughs> so he's named after a hamster who bites. <laughs> cool. Yes. Uh, so everyone's dream. <laughs> everyone's dream. Be named after a hamster. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're in need of a bassist, right? So they said, "Hey, Sid Vicious, why don't you join the join the band? Even though you don't even know how to play bass at all, <laughs> want to join our rock band? Sounds great. How can, hard can it be? It's four strings. <laughs> I probably <laughs> can't even play his instrument. But they said that Sid Vicious wasn't in the Pistols because because uh, they needed an incredible. Oh, sorry. Sid Vicious wasn't in the Pistols because they needed his incredible musicianship. He was there because he gave the band attitude. Oh, yeah. So he was vicious. He was vicious. Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. So uh, Sid Vicious's mother was a heroin addict, according Mm. to Johnny Rotten. And so Sid seemed to be drawn to really stronger personalities because he himself was a shy person. So he needed like somebody to balance him out, I guess. I don't know. So uh, he was like scared of the audiences because he wasn't a performer, but he was in this band. Okay. We don't know. Yeah. We will never know. So he meets Nancy and she had a super big boner for Johnny Rotten, the lead of the Sex Pistols. Okay. But he like turned her down. And now her affections turned right to Sid Vicious. And uh, they fell for each other. And it would prove to be a match made in hell. Wow. We love to see it. Oh, just what a romance. (laughs) Yeah. So once they met, they were inseparable. Uh, Nancy taught Sid all about sex and drugs and the lifestyle of a New York rocker. Oh. Great. She's like, have you heard of sex? He's like, what? What? I know I've heard of sex pistols, but I don't know what it means. Can you teach me? (laughs) (laughs) She was his sexual educator. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, Nancy was hated by all the other members in the band. Oh. Yeah. Who even went as far to ban her from their upcoming 1978 tour of the United States. Rude. Uh, Yeah, but Sid, he couldn't get enough of her. So the pair moved in together and their relationship was like the definition of toxic. Yeah. So there were bouts of domestic violence. Both of them were heavy drug users and it wasn't long before they became addicted to heroin. Just super chill. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. So it appeared to, like, it really affected his musical career. He was super sluggish and even unresponsive on stage. <laughs> he was, like, fully unconscious at times. So cool. They, you know, he's really hardcore. They're like, he exactly. doesn't even know how to play bass anyway, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> like, we just hired him for the look. <laughs> yeah, who cares if he's high and sleeping on stage? He's here, right? Oh, my gosh. So there was already issues between the band and the couple. And uh, so Johnny Rotten... So it came as no surprise when everyone, the whole band started falling apart during their disastrous tour that they were going on. So it didn't really work out. The the band's manager even said that um, about Nancy. She was a druggie. No, sorry. She was a junkie, a drug supplier, and all around low life. She was, let me count this, very, 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 very bad influence on people who were already a mess. 
She mm. was a troublemaker and a stirrer upper. Oh. Which I could see her trying to just start shit all the time. Oh, totally. Being around those kind of people. They're, uh, what do they call them? Uh, something vampire where they like suck your soul. Yeah. They, they just. It's too much. It's too much. They're so, just exhausting to be around. And unfortunately, Sid Vicious was one of those people who was already a mess. And yeah. like adding her to him was like mm-hmm. the worst kind of fuel. Okay, so even the Sex Pistols official website acknowledges that Sid Vicious was a drug addict and he hindered the band. He interrupted their 1978 tour that was already, there was like a lot of infighting. Um, okay, where am I going with this? So he began to like pull away from his life and reality in general, mm-hmm. saying he began to dislike everything except heroin and Nancy. I said, that sounds like a super bad combo. Yeah, that sounds like an addict. Yep. After a last terrible performance in January 1978 in San Francisco, the band just broke up. They're like, we can't keep doing this. They're like, this, this is a is mess. not working. <laughs> so yeah, they broke up. And uh, the manager of the band said that Sydney was his first and only love of his life. Oh. So after they broke up, I mean, the band broke up in August 1978, Sid and Nancy moved into the Chelsea Hotel in New York. Okay. And there they carried out living their super toxic lifestyle. So she didn't even care that he wasn't a band guy anymore. She's just like. I guess not. Yeah, you would think she would because she was like a hardcore groupie. Totally. She's like, you're not. A, maybe he was like still doing music. He's I like, know. I still don't know how to play this. <laughs> but she's like, I'll I'm, pretend. I'm a stick by him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, they were still doing, like, crazy drugs, partying. They were having furious arguments and domestic violence in their hotel room. And all sorts of unsavory characters had been seen coming in and out of the room 100 for the three chaotic months that they lived at the Chelsea Hotel. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, on the night of October 11th, they this is uh, the night of mm-hmm. the... It's going down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they said that several visitors saw Sid take as many as 30 tablets of uh, Tuyanol, and I googled it, and they compared it to a Quaalude. Okay. So, like a crazy, a crazy drug pill, okay? Yeah. So that's a far larger dose of the barbiturate that most of us could survive, so it would like, you know, just kill a man, you just ripped your lash off. I know, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, it's coming right off into my eyeball. That's the worst. Cool. Okay, so okay, so it was the dose was high enough that it definitely would have made him be unconscious for hours. Yeah. So he remained comatose uh, through the hours of the early morning. So it was like he was out for the count that That's night. So long, right? So they said that the night of the murder or her death went like this: two thirty a.m. Nancy asked a man named Rockets Red Glare. A sometimes bodyguard <laughs> who rockets red glare. Yeah, I was like, okay, I wrote a note here. Rockets red glare. Sometimes a bodyguard for vicious who also sold drugs. And I said, wow, what a name. I was reading this and I was all of a sudden like, why is the national anthem in this article? Seriously. <laughs> so his name was Rockets Red Glare. Wow. Okay. So they contacted Rockets Red Glare to get some Dilaudids, an opioid painkiller, around 7.30 a.m., uh, but then female moans were heard from the room by another guest at the hotel at 10 a.m., which I mean, at a hotel, 
moans, not unheard of. No. Probably not Very something common. to like cause an alarm about. Totally. Okay. So at 10 a.m., uh, Vicious called down to the front desk asking for help. And Nancy, who had been stabbed in the stomach with a knife, she Ooh. bled to death on the bathroom floor. Uh, she was found under the sink. Cool. Great. Mm-hmm. She was only 20 years old. A baby. Oh, my God. And then I did the math, and they were together for 19 months as well. Wow. That's like some fast and furious mutual destruction. Seriously. So Sid was found wandering the hallways in an agitated state, and he was arrested and charged with her murder. Uh, Though he initially totally confessed to the crime, he later denied it, claiming that he had been asleep when she died. Because he was super (laughs) high and out of it. Yeah, but the, but he confessed first, and he's like, mm. "Wait, he's like, wait, what did what did I say? I wait, did? did I say that? I, I didn't do that. No." <laughs> so there are theories of who killed Nancy, mm. and they're still swirling around to this day. In really? fact, yeah, because a lot of people, especially people who knew the couple, say that Sid Vicious was not responsible for this. Mm. So some wonder That's what they all say, though. I know, right? Yeah, so they said about Ted Bundy. They're like Ted. He's so yeah. nice. He works at the suicide hotline. Yeah. What are you talking about? Not Ted. No way. Not my buddy Ted. Okay. So some people say that they think that the, st- the stabbing was a robbery or a drug deal gone bad. I mean, possible. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, perhaps that Nancy, with her flair for the dramatic, had even stabbed herself. And mm. Sid wasn't able to help her because he had taken too many drugs. He was gone. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, he couldn't have murdered her because he was out cold from his drug overdose that nearly, it just made him people super like, passed I out. I know it. I was there. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the view of the uh, Sex Pistols former manager, Malcolm McLaren, who was adamant in a piece in the Daily Beast that Sid would not have killed his girlfriend unless her death was actually a botched double suicide attempt. Whoa. Yeah. He said, uh, she was his first and only love. I'm positive that Sid, I'm positive about Sid's innocence. And he notes that a lot of money was stolen from the room. And uh, while he was a stupid, clumsy fool, he was passed out on the bed. So he's like, there's just no way he did this. Yeah. So the other theory is that Rocket's red glare, the drug dealer, sometimes bodyguard, (laughs) I can't. I can't handle it. Yeah, he provided the party with opiates that night. They say that he killed, he might have killed Nancy. Do you think she made a national anthem joke at him and he was pissed about it? I would imagine. He's mm-hmm. like, my, my, <laughs> he's like, Red Glare's built this country. He's like, what are you talking about? This is my name. Don't he's make like, fun I of am it. Rocket's Red Glare the second. <laughs> I'm junior. <laughs> I'm a junior. How dare you say that to me? So according to an author named Phil Strongman, he wrote a book called Pretty Vacant, The History of Punk. He said that uh, he thinks that Nancy confronted Red Glare when he tried to steal cash from their hotel room. So he stabbed her in the stomach. She's like, and split. Red Glare? Mr. Red Glare. Red Glare, did you take? Are you red handed right now, Red Glare? (laughs) (laughs) How do you confront someone named Rockets Red Glare? Rockets. It's not much better. I'm sorry. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I can't call you either of those names. Yeah, because it's Rockets Red Glare. It's not like Rocket even. It's like Rockets. He's multiple Rockets. Wow. (laughs) Look at him. He's definitely not just one Rocket. 
He's multiple. Katy Perry sings her song, Baby, I'm, You're a Firework. And he's it's like, about, I'm, a, I'm a rockets. I'm rockets. He, it's about rockets, Red Glare. Mm-hmm. He's the firework. Yes. So stupid. <laughs> okay. So he's saying that he must have stabbed her in the stomach and then ran. Noticing Sid flat out on and gray on his bed, he probably assumed that he was dead because he was like so unconscious. Yeah. So he like took all the couple's cash, ran. Totally. Um, And then he thinks that maybe Nancy tried to stop him from taking it and he stabbed her in the knife. We don't know. Stabbed her in the knife? Stabbed her in the gut with the knife. I pref- in the bathroom with the knife, Mr. Rockets. Right I there. prefer him stabbing her in the knife. She's <laughs> like, this is my grandmother's knife. <laughs> stabbed her in her knife. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, so uh, so he took, they say that he took everything but pocket change and left what he believed to be two corpses behind. Uh, okay, that's a, that's a theory. The same, the same author, Mr. Strongman, uh, continues, the last names in this... <laughs> Mr. Strongman. They said that Mr. Red Glare was heard confessing about the theft and murder in a punk rock club called CBGB's. In uh, He says that Rocket's Red Glare casually admitted to several fellow drinkers that it was actually he who robbed and stabbed Nancy and produced a handful of bloodstained dollars to prove it. Uh, people love to brag about that. No, I was the one who did it. Right. I heard I heard that he was the one who did it. Uh, but unfortunately, Mr. Red Glare died in 2007 mm. and was never charged. Okay. So Nancy's murder was actually never fully investigated. So the days wow. following the her murder, Sid Vicious was released on $25,000 bail when he was bailed out by Virgin Records, his record label. Oh, my gosh. At the time. And his... Uh, You'd think that they'd just be like... We're out. I know they'd be like, like yeah, not really a valuable. I feel like nowadays companies would distance themselves. Totally, but they stood behind their man. All right, his their non musician. Yeah, but they had his back. So, um, his despondency over his girlfriend's death was alarming, and he tried to commit suicide by wait, wait. He tried to commit suicide by slitting her wrists. That doesn't make sense. He tried to commit suicide by slitting his wrists, but was unsuccessful. So a short time later, his bail was revoked after he assaulted a woman named, no, sorry. A short time later, his bail was revoked after he assaulted Patty Smith's brother, Todd Smith, with a broken Heineken bottle in a bar. So he was sent to Rikers Island, which is a very scary jail, Mm -hmm. but he was freed on an additional $10,000 bail. Okay. So following his second release from jail, Vicious and his friends had a party at his Greenwich Village apartment, and he had a new girlfriend. This is four months after her death. Yeah. He had a new girlfriend. Her name was Michelle Robinson. His mother, who is an addict, Anne Beverly, was in New York City, and she scored them all some uh, heroin for the party. Mm. She's she's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> Do you guys need anything? <laughs> a condom? Um, heroin? You guys, let me know. Uh, so then it was February 2nd, 1979 in, uh, his girlfriend's apartment. Sid was found dead by heroin overdose by his mother. Mm. And, uh, police found a syringe and a spoon and the substance near his body. And he was 21 years old. Oh my gosh. So heroin, young. Heroin's so stressful to me. Every drug I is can't, stressful to me. I can't. 
Baby Tylenol, guys, stressed. Don't do drugs. Don't do don't it. D- dare. I know dare, it has to come back. Has to It's like muscle memory. <laughs> you just remember the dare lion and you'll be saved. Okay, so this was, like I said, four months after she had been found dead in the Chelsea Hotel. So now the principal suspect is dead. The NYPD decided to just close the case. And as far as they can, they were concerned, uh, he had murdered his girlfriend and it was case closed. Yeah. But was it really? Hmm. Shortly after Sid's death, his mother Anne claimed her son and Nancy had entered into a suicide pact together Ooh. and that Nancy had in fact killed herself and claimed to have found the note in her son on her son shortly after he was cremated, telling her that he was living up to his side of the bargain by dying and that he should be mar- buried next to Nancy in his leather jacket and motorcycle boots. That's pretty bl- brutal, though. Like, suicide pack, and then she stabs herself? And he's like, oh, no, that's too that's too heavy, man. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna follow through. Because I'm like, okay, I don't know. From what I've seen in movies and such, getting the stab to the gut, probably super painful, yes. but not so much that you can't scramble around and find help because even if he was unconscious and not able to help her yeah she maybe could have gotten to the phone yeah because they're in a hotel room it's not like huge right but maybe depending on what organs are hit maybe it's very true very fast yeah i don't know we need to talk to a doctor about that okay so um friends of the couple and old timers from the punk scene are disappointed that uh Nancy's killer was never seriously pursued by the police because they don't believe it was Sid. They said that her murder was never really investigated. Um, There was a lot of dangerous people hanging around them both back then. And if he hadn't died and the case went to trial, they say that he probably would have been acquitted. I mean, that's just a random person saying that. Yeah. Johnny Rotten, the lead of the Sex Pistols, he said that he felt responsible for Vicious's death, having invited him to join the band in the first place. He's he says, like, I did introduce them, basically. Yeah, he's like, he didn't stand a chance, like, yeah. in that lifestyle. I would imagine that's what he means. Totally. So. Do you think he's also like, because she was into him first. Right. He's like, Whoo. I should have just bit the bullet or should have, like, sent her away or, or something. he's feeling like he dodged a bullet. Just, yeah. Just, like, in general. Because much like MGK and Megan Fox, these two seem to be twin flames as well. Yeah. But they burned each other out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nancy, so was Nancy murdered by Sid Vicious? Did she kill herself? Or was she murdered by a third party that was eager to get his hands on the couple's money and probably drugs? So the case is closed as far as the authorities are concerned. And we'll probably never know for sure what happened. But we do know is that uh, on October 12th, 1978, a young mentally ill woman bled to death in the bathroom floor of her hotel in New York as her famous boyfriend slept just feet away. It was such a tragic end to a short, chaotic life. Wow. It's like the rock and roll life's not for me, dog. No. That's why I never became a groupie. <laughs> it's the only reason. Mm-hmm. I was like too tempted it's by heroin. It's just too wild. <laughs> right. Oh, I went to a Journey concert at USANA once and yeah. they were rocking out, right? But they're like super old. Yeah. There were groupies i could see them on like the side stage oh my gosh i was like are they like were are they any young or were they their age i i was kind of far enough away i couldn't really tell but they would look like shapely ladies like yeah. i don't know if they were young or old but i was like ick oh ick they're like uh, just touch my nip <laughs> <laughs> sign my boobs oh my gosh 
Anyways. So bizarre. Right. So my sources were, oh, shoot, a crimeandinvestigation.co article called Sid and Nancy, a punk rock murder mystery by Associated Press and an All That's Interesting article that I didn't write the title of and Wikipedia. Boom. Boom roasted. Okay, well, I guess that's it. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We finally hit over a thousand followers. We did it. Go us. Also, we covered in our Patreon episode oh, this yes. month the Black Dahlia, aka yes. Elizabeth Short. So oh, it's coming out. That out very shortly, as it's soon as I get it edited. Gonna be great. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, so get our Facebook page, Gloom and Bloom Podcast. Yes. Send us an email, gloomandbloompodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And oh, happy Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. The other That's day. That's what I was going to talk to you about. It's in the past yeah. at this point. But I uh, hope, hope you got to smooch your loved ones. Hopefully you did something super romantic and sexy. Mm-hmm. Like taking a bubble bath, mm. eating a hot dog, mm. when, bathing in hot dog water. Oh, <laughs> Hot, <laughs> sexy, <Dog>. soggy. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? That's all I got. Okay, well, uh, don't be vicious and say no to heroin and uh, do less. God bless. Gloom and bloom out. <laughs> <laughs>